Good morning. Welcome to the Bill and Paul Kligel Show. Brad Pollock and Bob Leonard in the studio today talking to you about personal injury matters, personal injury cases, about things that happen in personal injury cases, about what you want to do and what you don't want to do if, a, if, a, if an accident happens. We have many, many shows. We've been doing this, this for over 10 years, and we do a show every week that explains to you different aspects of your personal injury. We do that so you have knowledge and information of what to do if you've been in an accident. We have books that you can contact us at bellpollock.com or at championsofthepeople.com or at 303-795-5900. That's 303-795-5900 to get copies of the books. We have accident packets that you can get to keep in your car that you uh, would be able to uh, have the accident package available if you've been in an accident. We talk to you every week about what's going on. We want to make sure you're educated. It's important that you're educated and you know what's happening in the event you get hurt as a result of the negligence of another. Uh, we, we have been doing this because we want the public educated about what we're doing. We strongly believe that if you've been hurt, there's been any kind of significant injury, or if you've been hurt at all, you should contact a lawyer. You should talk to that lawyer. Should you talk to the lawyer before you talk to the adjuster? Yes. Do you need to call the lawyer from the scene of the crash or the scene of the accident or the scene where you fell? Probably not. Do you need to get information at where the where the accident occurred? Yes. Do you need to get information if you slipped and fell on something? Yes. All those things are important things to do. But you don't you don't need to necessarily be calling the lawyer as your first call while you're still sitting in your car. Now, you don't need to be calling the lawyer immediately after the police have left the scene to uh, and, and they've written up the accident. It's, it's probably more advisable that you tend to your injuries, you tend to the immediate things at hand, and you recognize that I'm going to talk to the lawyer later. That's especially true if you do some of the things that are necessary for you to understand what's happening when you, uh, when you, get, when you get to the lawyer, when, you, when, you, when, you, um, when the crashes happen and when you want to talk to the lawyer. We have uh, started a series. We started one last week, and we're continuing this week about things you want uh, want to know or things you want to do when you're hiring your lawyer. Why do we do that? Well, because we've got a lot, a lot of stuff coming at you. There's a lot of people coming at you saying, "Hire me, hire me, hire me." I'm so great. I'm so great. I'm so great. And some of the, and 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 telling you that and giving you little lead-ins on how to get how to decide which lawyer you want to get and who you want to get. Well, some of them say, well, you ought to be getting the, uh, a lawyer right away and call us. Other ones are saying, hey, there's a, a, you know, I've, I've recovered this amount of money and I've recovered that amount of money. Let me tell you something. What a lawyer has recovered in the past can tell you some things about the lawyer, but it, what it really is telling you is that they had good cases in the past, which we all have. That's true. Uh, they've told you cases where they've received a lot of money in the past. That's true. That's true. You know, we all have. That's where the insurance is there. The money is there. The injuries are there. All the uh, all the indicators are there. They've talked about how how great they are and how that's all they do is personal injury work. Well, that's true. There are some that just do all personal injury work. That's probably that's our, our firm. Bob. Yeah. I mean, 90 percent of what we do is personal injury. 
But you know, Brad, when someone comes in and says, what's my case worth? You know, I always tell them if someone comes in and if they come in and give you an answer, you should get up and walk out because, you know, in that initial interview, we're going to get the information necessary to help us find out what the value of your case is. But it takes research. It takes time. It takes getting medical records. It takes evaluation of doctors. It takes evaluation of friends, family, the people that really know you. Uh, for us to figure out what the case is worth. Heck, you have to know what the other side has. You got to know what, what kind of insurance they have. How much insurance do they have? You know, you, somebody looks and says, well, I've got, you know, hey, I, you know, I, I've, I, rec- I got a one and one and a quarter million dollars on a, a crash or on a motorcycle crash, you, you know, before. Well, that doesn't mean anything to you. That doesn't mean anything. Even if you were in the motorcycle crash, if you were in a motorcycle crash and somebody ran into your motorcycle. What it means is, yes, you there's liability, and yes, you have the right to recover, but where's the money coming from? And, you know, the, the legislature just passed a new law to help us as uh, personal injury attorneys help you with your case. And then in the past, we'd ask the insurance company, how much insurance is available in this case to, to protect my client? And they'd always say, we can't tell you. We have to clear with our, we have to talk to our, our insured. Well, they passed a new law. When did this go effect? In January? Perhaps? January. January. Where they have to tell you what the policy limits are. And, and now you've got the 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 new the things coming up where insurance companies are giving you the chance to buy insurance on a piecemeal basis, kind of like a buffet. What what you need and what you don't need, and what coverage you want, what coverage you don't want. And I can promise you, I haven't talked to any of them as if I'm buying insurance, but I can promise you, one of the areas where they heavily talk to you about whether or not you want to spend money is going to be on MedPay. And on whether or not you're going to get uninsured or underinsured motorist coverage. They're going to talk to you about that. And please do not sign those away. In fact, pay more money and get more if you can afford it. I understand we're all on budgets. We all have to be careful about how we spend money. We've all got children and we've all got spouses. We've all got uh, parents. We've got people that depend on us. We've got to make our money. I understand that. But if you can get the additional coverage, get it. Because it's so, so important. And don't let some adjuster, I'm sorry, some agent, the adjuster won't be dealing with you. Don't let some agent talk you out of getting that kind of coverage, the underinsured, uninsured motors coverage, and the med pay. Don't let them talk you out of that because you're going to save a few bucks. It's not going to be beneficial to you if you're in a crash. Because if you, if you don't get those coverages, you're depending on the other side having insurance. You're depending on the other side being responsible. You're depending on the other side actually obeying the law and getting the ins- at least 25000 which will not do anything for you. It's a sadly deficient amount of coverage. And, you know, Brad, it also protects all the people in the vehicle. You know, some of the, most of the insurance companies will offer you $5,000 worth of med pay coverage. There's some that offer up to $100,000 worth of med, med pay coverage. But, you know, I look at it as people drive in my car, their guests, visitors in my car. If I were to get into an accident, my med pay coverage will provide them some coverage. My uninsured motors coverage will provide them some coverage. Oh, for sure. So it protects not only you, protects your family. But, you know, what if you have a, you know, your, your teenage kid has a, a buddy that's in a car crash and they don't, his parents have enough insurance. If you had uninsured motors coverage in your car, it would cover all the, all the passengers in that car and protect that, that person that's riding with you. So, so when you start getting these things where now the insurance companies are going to let you pick and choose what coverage, make sure those coverages are there. Now, 
we've, we've talked about what you're doing when you're hiring a lawyer and what you want to look at and what, what happens when you walk into a lawyer, when you go into the intake. And Bob hit it very, very much on the, on the head when he said, look, he said, if a lawyer's going, I, I'll tell you what your case is worth when you come in. Well, you, you got to be concerned. You also have to be concerned if the person you come in to meet with is not a lawyer. If you're meeting with a paralegal or a staff member or some kind of clerk or some kind of intake person, you also have to be concerned with if they send somebody out to meet with you and it's an investigator that wants to sign you up. They've got the papers ready to sign you up and make you a client. You've got to be concerned. You've got to be concerned if they want to sign you up as a lawyer, I mean, as a client, if they want to sign you up, sight unseen, and just send you the documents first and then make an appointment with you. What you want to do is you want to have somebody who's going to sit down and talk to you, who is a lawyer that's going to sit down and talk to you and discuss the case with you, who has some background, some experience, who has the education, who has the the law license, who has been around the matter so they can discuss with you certain issues that are going to come up. And last week, we talked about some of the things that that might be brought up at the time of the crash. Uh, that, that occurred at the time of the crash, that you're going to be brought up in the first interview. And one of the things you're going to be talking about is we're going to go back to some of these, are photographs. Are there any photographs of the scene? And that can be a very important aspect. You know, everybody seems to have a camera on their phone. It doesn't take much if you if you have a right mind after the accident. Get out of that car, get out of your car, start taking pictures of the scene. Take pictures of the injuries, of the damage to your vehicle. Take pictures of the damage to the other vehicle. Take pictures of the driver's license, insurance cards. Take a picture of the person who hit you. Take a picture of the police car. I mean, you have the camera. It doesn't cost you anything to take the pictures. But, you know, just a few pictures can be worth selling your case thousands and thousands of dollars. And, and as we have, you know, we're getting ready to send our kids back to high school and back to school and some are going to be driving, you know, get, get call some, get an accident package, put it in there, have the, have your, 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 your child look at that, that package before they drive. It's not a very big, thick package and you can put your, your, your registration, your insurance card inside there and have it in the glove box, have them look at it and see what they want to do or what they, what they need to do if they're in a crash. Big or small, they need to do these things if they've been in a crash, if they can all do it. In the photographs, you got to have a point of reference. If you don't have points of reference where you have it from the post on, in the intersection or you have it from someplace in the intersection that you can look at and say, okay, you're so many feet away from this spot or that spot, you've got to try and get that point of reference so you can understand what's going on. But photographs are very important. Most people have that uh, a, a camera right right on their phone. You know, it used to be we'd give out little packages, Bob, and the, the packages would include one of those little mini f- cameras. And it came to a point where nobody they were worthless. You know, you do the little mini camera and go get it developed. Well, nobody does that anymore. Everybody has some kind of some kind of ability to photograph, or somebody else does. And if somebody is taking photographs, ask them, "What's your name? Who are you? How do we? How do I get in contact with you?" Brad actually was in a, in a rear end, well, sideswipe accident, and some guy came running up behind me and said, "I have a dash cam. I caught the whole thing." And he gave me the copy of the vi- of the video of my accident, and uh, it's very you know, important. Very but you also, important. you know, there's cameras all over town. I mean, in Denver, they have halo cameras on, on street corners and certain streets. They have, the bank may have a camera that captured the accident. It could be a store, you know, Seven Eleven that has a camera. Absolutely, uh, there's there there's an intersection at, 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 for those of you who are aware of it, Wadsworth and Bellevue. 
And right at Wadsworth and Bellevue, there's a camera there that takes photographs of the or, or is running with respect to the light system. You know, and I still remember a young man who had just started out driving and he was insistent that he had the green light. He was insistent that he had the green light when he was when he was going through the intersection. It was late at night and the police officer looked at him and said, well, we'll be able to find that out because we'll be able to look at the the the, the camera. We'll be able to look at the video and see what it was. Well. Looked at the video, saw what it was, and he was. This was a rookie driver, young man, very rookie driver. And what we found was that, yeah, there was a green light, but it was green turn arrow, and he was going straight. And he just didn't register in his mind. Wait a minute, I got to wait till I have the green light to go straight. And it showed that he went through the red light. It's very important to look through to to look at that and see if there's any video. See see if any of the neighboring places have videos. If any of the buildings that are around the place have videos. This is also very important on what we call the slip and fall or trip and fall cases. You're listening to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. Brad Pollock, Bob Leonard in the studio today. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. This Legal Minute is brought to you by Bell & Pollock Personal Injury Lawyers at championsofthepeople.com. Hi, I'm Gary Bell of the law firm of Bell & Pollock. See if you can solve this legal riddle for me. How can you get hurt twice in the same accident? Once in the accident and again on the insurance claim. That's twice. As my military commander used to say, we don't have problems here, we only have opportunities. Listen, when you've been injured in a car crash, your opportunity to protect yourself and your family may come only once. That's right, only once. We always tell people, when you've been injured, you must take the proper steps at the beginning, and in the middle, and in the end. If you take the proper steps, you can win this war. You can fulfill that opportunity. You can protect yourself, and you won't get hurt twice in the same accident. Call us, Bell and Pollock, championsofthepeople.com will help you. For your Bell and Pollock legal game plan, visit championsofthepeople.com. Welcome back to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. Brad Pollock, Bob Leonard in the studio today talking to you about the uh, hiring a lawyer, the initial intake, being prepared for your your accident. There's a lot to cover in something like this. We've talked about and we'll probably talk about this this series for a number of weeks about the different things that have to happen. One uh, some basic rules we believe that you should be following when this is going on is one, you want to make sure you want to make sure you're talking to a lawyer. You want to make sure you get a fair and complete appointment with a lawyer. You want to make sure that it's the lawyer who's signing you up, that you're not just being shuffled through with some kind of high volume. Here comes a a, a clerk or here comes some staff member or here comes an investigator that signs you up. You want to make sure you get all your questions answered and that they'll take the time to talk to you. You want to make sure that you're prepared for the crash by getting appropriate insurance. And you want to make sure that you're not swayed. Bell and Paul could do it also, we, but not swayed by, by some kind of catch line, by some kind of statement of, well, you know, I've recovered a lot of money in other cases in the past. We have, but that doesn't tell you anything about your case. Your case is different. The, the, what you want to know is about your case. 
So we, we want to make sure you're aware of what's happening in your case. Now, as we've talked about some of this, uh, some of these factors, we're going to talk about a few more. Um, w- one of the things, Bob, I think that that concerns you, you've talked about it before, is is this uh, new thing that insurance companies have where they want to be able to monitor how you're driving. Would you really want the insurance company to have a direct line to your vehicle to know how the car is being driven? Do you think they're using that for your benefit? It's being used only for the insurance company's benefit. I mean, they if, if they have these little black boxes, they give you the say, we'll give you a big discount. But, you know, if you're in a car accident and they're going to use that thing against you because it has the speed you're going, the direction you're going, the brake velocity changes. I mean, all that information can be used against you. And the insurance company is selling you this this black box thing saying, that, you know, you, you plug this into your car and we're going to give you a discount. Well, you know, they've already figured in that, that it's going to save them money. It's not going to save you money. That whole purpose is to save them money. And, they, you know, they can use it against you even though you're probably they're insured. So there, there are a lot of issues. That's a lot of issues. That's almost a whole nother show that we'd want to talk about. What are the issues involved when you start giving the insurance company the ability to know where you're going, what you're doing, how you're driving, and when you've, when you've exceeded a speed limit, when you haven't, when you have, um, and what you've been doing. Uh, the, 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 is the insurance company doing this to save you money? Well, uh, I haven't seen too many things insurance companies ever do to save you money. I've seen a lot of things the insurance companies do to save themselves money. And this can be another another thing that they're doing. You want to really be careful about what you're doing when you start allowing them to 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 monitor how you're driving. Because they could be they could be saying you're driving too slow, you're driving too fast, you you hit your brakes too hard. You shouldn't have been in and you should have been more cognizant of the of the crash. And they could be saying, now we're gonna raise your premium. Not not lower your premium, and they, you know you've got to you, you want to uh, make sure you get the right insurance. And we have so many people who don't like and don't want to get insurance on certain uh, matters that we have to beg you. Please get your med pay. Please get your UIM. I can't imagine what would happen if the insurance companies started raising the premiums because they don't like the way you drive and telling you. But if you just take less coverage, we can go ahead and uh, and maybe maybe keep your bill the same amount. So be careful. Be careful in what you're doing when they're monitoring your driving and, and where you're going and what you're doing. Uh, but let's let's talk about when, when you're in that interview with the attorney. Uh, they're they're going to talk to you about what happened in the crash. The attorney needs to talk to you about what happened in the crash. The attorney is going to want to know if you were aware uh, of the impending collision. You're going to want to know whether or not you were looking at the where you were looking at the moment of impact and what the speeds of the vehicles are. Uh, speeds can be very important. They're going to want to know what the damage of the vehicles are. That can be very misleading. Uh, what what do we mean when we say it's uh, the damage to the vehicle is slight? Does that mean the damage to the person is slight? You know, Brad, when you have a vehicle, for example, like a big truck, you know, you, you think you're driving down the street in an armored vehicle. Some of these trucks are just gigantic. But you know, when you have a complete, you know, the frame of those vehicles aren't designed to crumple like some of these other cars. And you get hit, a, you know, if you get rear-ended in a vehicle, maybe that has a big hitch in the back, the energy of that accident goes right through the car to the passengers, as opposed to, you know, a smaller car that has a crumple zone. So just because you're in a big car doesn't mean that you don't have damages. And the insurance company always said, always well, likes, likes to, you to believe, wants you to believe, if you have slight damage, you don't have injuries. And that, you know, people die in impact, you know, car accidents that are five to 10 miles an hour. And right. People survive car crashes at 70 miles an hour. It's, it's, a very, it, it's a very misleading issue that they have because that's exactly right. A lot of times vehicles that are meant to withstand the impact, well, that force has to go somewhere. And a lot of times that force goes to the persons inside the car 
causing injuries. Is it going to cause the person to smash into the windshield? No, you, your seatbelt better stop you from doing that. But is it going to cause a great deal more force being asserted against your body that's going to throw you back and forth? Maybe smash your head into the headrest. Maybe maybe smash your head sideways because you happen to have been looking at your passenger or the passenger was looking at you, the driver, when the crash occurred. Yes. And can that cause a lot of injury? Yes. And the problem you run into is they go, well, that's that's not a big deal. I mean, you know, you, you didn't there was no damage to the car. It was just a small little bump. Well, think about the bump. You think about the bump going five miles an hour, five or 10 miles an hour. And then think about how fast that is per second. Think about how fast you're going per minute or per second. And think about somebody coming up behind you while you're sitting in a chair and just sitting in a chair in your office or in your, at your home and slamming into the back of you without you knowing about it at five or 10 miles an hour, just slamming into your chair. And think about how that throws your body, throws your neck, throws your head. If somebody just smacked you that, that way in, in, into your back or into your shoulders and, and it throws your head around. If you're tilted, if you're turned, talking to, let's say you're talking to the driver or maybe the driver's talking to the passenger, hit from behind. If your head's not straight, let's say you're looking to the right or the left, the impact is different. It affects different muscles in your neck and your back. And if, you know, if you're straight, if you, if you if t- tense up for an accident, you might get hurt more than if you don't tense up. Uh, you know, your physical relationship in the vehicle really determines the type of injuries you might re- receive in a car accident. And, and th- these are important factors. You know, in my chair example, there's not going to be any damage to the chair, but there's, there could be damage to you. So the, these are things you have to pay attention to, and, you want, and you're going to talk to your attorney about them. You also are going to talk to your attorney about uh, what, whether or not the person, whether or not you were a driver or a passenger, if you were a, drive, if you were a passenger, where you were sitting, uh, how your head was turned, how your body was turned. They're going to want to know about where, if you were wearing a seatbelt. And if your airbag deployed, but airbags deploying can again be very deceiving as far as the impact and how much force was involved in the crash. And the seatbelt is a big issue because if you don't wear your seatbelt, if you're not wearing your seatbelt at the time of the accident, depending on where you're in the, in the car, in the, if you're in the front seat, you may lose a large portion of your claim because you would lose that portion, the, the uh, pain and suffering, the non-economic portion of your claim if you don't wear your seatbelt. So you want to know whether or not a seatbelt was being was being worn, and and if not, why not? And where were you once again in the car in relationship to that occurring? Would the injuries have been different had the seatbelt been worn? And what would have happened? And like I said, the airbag deploying is a big question. You then get into the question of whether or not the cars had black boxes. Uh, we know most trucks nowadays have black, have black boxes, but we don't. we don't necessarily have a black box in every car. But if there is, have you gotten the, the black box? And what have you done with it? You know, another thing, uh, Brad, we want to talk about is during the accident, what did you do? What did they do to avoid the accident? Try to figure out where you are spatially in terms of the accident. You know, there's some presumptions already. If someone makes a left-hand turn in front of you, presumption is they're at fault. If someone rear-ends you from behind, there's a presumption that you may be at fault. But, you know, the, the, these presumptions can be overcome, but generally that's the, the rule. Sure. You have to look at the accident to find out. This is why you need somebody who's experienced doing the interview. You need that person to be able to talk to you and be able to discuss the case with you. And remember, for everything that the injured person says to their lawyer, the other person, the at-fault party, could be saying something completely different to the adjuster or to the lawyer they're going to have. And it can make a situation where all of a sudden you're deciding and you're having to decide which 
which is correct and which is not correct. Who who has the best recollection of the crash? And the best way to get that recollection is to fill out some documents immediately at the time of the crash. Once again, I'm not so sure that means you have to call up a lawyer and get a lawyer to race to the scene and start start doing things. And if they have an, uh, some kind of investigator come out there, I'm not so sure that means a whole lot. But I am certain that you need to try to get as much information as you can. And that comes from statements. That comes from witnesses. That comes from uh, what uh, photographs you can take, what information you have available that's going to allow you to be able to to re- recollect what happened. You're, we, well, we need to, one thing we really haven't talked about is witnesses. I mean, if there's people that have seen that saw the accidents, get their names. Try to find as much information that the, you know, so your attorney can contact them and ask them what they saw. That's right. You're listening to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. Brad Pollock, Bob Leonard, talking to you about what you will probably be going over in the first interview, the first first time you meet with an attorney during the intake, things that are important and things you want to know from the time of the crash. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. This Legal Minute is brought to you by Bell & Pollock Personal Injury Lawyers at championsofthepeople.com. Hi, I'm Gary Bell of the law firm of Bell & Pollock. This is your Legal Minute. How does this job ad sound to you? $10,000 a week. What do you think? You got to work 24-7. You get no vacation, no breaks, no benefits. You can't go home at 5. You can't get another job. You can't leave. You can't quit. No retirement, no promotions. No pay increases, no bonuses. Guess what? That's exactly how an injury goes. You've been injured in a car crash. You just inherited a brand new career. What about the pain? What about the numbness? What about the alteration of lifestyle? You just inherited a new career. Want the job? Call us. Bell and Pollock, championsofthepeople.com will help you. For your Bell and Pollock legal game plan, visit championsofthepeople.com. Welcome back to the Bell & Pollock Legal Show. Brad Pollock, Bob Leonard in the studio. If you have a question or if you've been injured in a crash, if you've been injured in a, in a slip and fall, if you've been injured as a result of the negligence of another, give us a call, 303-795-5900. Come or, or get in contact with us at our websites, bellpollock.com or championsofthepeople.com. You know, Bob, when it comes down to it, really what we're saying is every case is different. Every case is different because each person is individual. Each person has, it comes, you know, we're going to find people, they're going to take people as they find them. Some people are more athletic and, you know, have worked out. The bodies maybe can take the accident more than the person that uh, hasn't, is not physically fit. There's no one case. There's no one way to value a case because everybody's individual. Every case is individual. And, uh, the circumstances are different in every case. And you have to know what the other side is going to say, and you have to know what their coverage is. You have to know what your, 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 your UIM coverage. You have to know it all. 
You're listening to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. Give us a call, 303-795-5900, bellpollock.com, or Champions of the People. If you've had any kind of injury, let us have an opportunity to talk to you. It's a free initial consultation, just like everyone else, and we can really educate you and help you understand about your case. We'll talk to you next week.